Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 309. We are having fun like always. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it, as of this recording, it is April Fool's Day. It is. And we talked about some pranks that are out in the world. We did. Hopefully people didn't fall for them. Yeah. I mean, if you believe anything that happens on the internet on April 1st, then you're, you are a fool. Sorry. I was, Yeah. <laughs> Most people that have been fooled are also doubly cautious today. Do that in everyday conversations. Don't believe everything on the internet. Yeah. Just just yeah. words of advice. Yeah. It's not a safe place. Um, but we got into a couple comic books, uh, reviewed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well as Dark Knight's Metal number six. Yep. And I talked about Breathless number one from Black Mass Studios. Uh, we talked about some movies out in the world that are involving comic book stuff <laughs> kind of i mean that's the type of movies we talk about but a lot of nerdage yes that is what we that is actually mostly what we talked about news wise movies movies coming out movies getting reshot etc 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 we also talked about some cray cray stuff <laughs> super cray cray we didn't really talk about no. it though just look it up no. yes just those words look that up yep. you will find what we mean yep so everyone, sit back, grab not the booze from Booze in a Book this week, but something else, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 309, R.I.P., J.C., J.K., B.R.B., L.O.L. quit your life yes <laughs> no this podcast because <laughs> I was gonna go into the tried and true I quit drinking but I say that all the fucking yeah. time that you're people... quitting the podcast no I'm not really doing that I just am saying I want to quit drinking again but uh oh. I it thought happens. you were. I thought you were because of the day that we're recording on. I thought you were going to go with this whole quitting thing and then be like, "Sorry," be like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" Just kidding. Yeah, that would be kind of a dumb April Fool's <laughs> joke. I mean, it, it. We are recording on April Fool's Day, April first. Also, Easter yes. this year. Um, Good thing if you believe in. Well, yeah. Religion. Good thing that April Fool's Day didn't exist back then because it could have gone completely differently. <laughs> well, that's what I think it did exist back then because a couple guys were like, hey, let's just uh, put this body over here, totally prank the world. Oh my God, it got out of our hands. Now there's Must a religion. One. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, no, I came, uh, yesterday I had a wedding of two of my good friends. I somehow drank so much that I forget some of That's insane. My because I, 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 and I hate saying it all the time when we're recording because it makes me feel and sound like I am an alcoholic. Um, I just don't need to drink every day, just most days. <laughs> But I I woke up on my couch in the morning, found out I 
messaged a bunch of people the night before. I do know how I got home, but other than that... Yes, Tony did not drive. Let's be perfectly clear here. Oh, yeah, I don't, Tony I am, is always a responsible drinker. Responsible alcoholic, yes. yes. <laughs> but I've had a hangover all day. Yeah. That uh, the food that we had for Easter, it helped a lot, but I also was in rough shape with my family. Oh, I bet. So, and we had about 30 people at my brother's house. I have never seen you so drunk to the point where you are, you would be forgetting things. So you must have been. It was an open bar. Very it drunk. was, it was a fun time, but didn't really get to do many pranks today. Uh, my brother or my sister's boyfriend, were going to his family later on in the evening and was asking anyone if they had like rings that looked kind of like wedding rings because he wanted to prank mm. getting married to Alicia to his parents. Uh, which made my brother at first was like, that's not funny. He goes, but that's funny if you're going to do it to your dad. So yeah. I'm going to go look and see if he had a ring. Um, I sent out dick pics to people. Yes, you did. I got one. <laughs> and that was <laughs> the only thing I could think of that was funny. Now, for listeners at home, it wasn't a real dick pic, but it was a real dick pic. Yeah. It was a guitar pic that said dick on it. Right. So it was a dick pic. Yes. And to be honest, it, that did not... It took me a while to come to that conclusion. <laughs> I feel some of the people I haven't laughed yet don't get it and just think I'm saying they're a dick. But you would assume, because I had a friend say, like, question mark, like, I don't get it. I go, I just sent you a dick pic. Yeah. And they go, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Yeah. Some of them then were showing it to, the, like, some of the girls that are my friends um, were showing it to their significant others. And that got me started with, oh, that's what I'm going to do now. This is my April Fool's Day prank. I'm having my friends conduct it for me by going up to their boyfriend and saying, I just got this dick pic, and then they get upset and then show it to them. What I need to say is I had the wife that got married to my good friend uh, yesterday. Whose wedding you got very drunk at. Yes, and I, I was hoping that she'd be in on it, which she was, <laughs> and she, I, I said, I told her, like, just, hey, tell uh, Ryan that uh, you got a dick pic, and... Because it would be kind of, they just got married the day yeah. before. Who's sending her a that dick would pic really the day be, after yeah. her wedding? And he, she then texted and then show him, you know, this picture. She texted me back like five minutes later. She goes, he is still red. He is foaming at the mouth. He was going to kill someone. Rightfully so. I mean, some other people that are kind of dating or whatever, or time goes on, you know, it's a, it's still upsetting. Right. But you just got married. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah, not appropriate. And so she's she's like, I'm loving it. If only I could have took a picture. I'm like, you made my April <laughs> Fool's Day. I couldn't really do anything. I was hung, too hungover. There were a couple things that I was going to do that I'm just saving for next year. Um, That's good. You got to have a down year, right? Because if you do it every year... Well, people always, you know... They'll expect it, and then anything that you do on April 1st, they're just going to be like, they can't take you seriously. Well, what I really want to do is have for the Easter egg hunt, uh, not hide the eggs, and have everyone go out, <laughs> and then tell them to go back in. Uh, my brother didn't think that'd be too funny for his kids, so... No, probably not. They're young. They're... We did have at one point, though, we had some of the older kids, we told them, way out there, back of the yard, where we didn't hide any, so they were looking for a good five minutes. Nice. Every year, though, regardless, April Fool's or not, the Easter egg hunt, I don't know why. They always say they're never going to believe me. They're never going, if I say go one way, 
they go the, you know, they say they're going to go the opposite way, but they don't. They listen to me when I'm lying my ass off. There's some more in the front yard. They will all run up to the front yard. You guys, you missed one over here somewhere. They'll run over there. It's like they just forget all this planning that they've had. Like, I'm never listening to you again next year. Yeah. But then it comes down to and it. Then and then they do. Yeah. So yeah. once again, that made me happy. And my brother still and my uncles are like, why the fuck do they listen to you? I go, <laughs> they told me they weren't going to. Right. You somehow throughout one year have regained their trust. Yeah, it takes, and I don't know it takes how. you exactly one year to regain their trust, and then you smash it the minute they trust you again. My nephew, he pulled a evil prank when I got there. He just goes, "Uncle Tony, you're my favorite uncle." Ha ha, April Fools! <laughs> it's just funny because he is here. Are you his only uncle? No, he's got uh, yeah. like, on uh, Jess's side. Right. He's got, three other okay. but Jess kind of got mad at him and then he goes but daddy told me to say so it was something <laughs> I go it's just she forgave him for saying I go that was pretty good and yeah. it hurt a bit yeah. but uh <laughs> anyways enough of uh my April Fool's pranks there are some in the world that are also there was there were some good ones and normally there's always one that gets me and I haven't seen any that have gotten me this year. Usually there's at least one that I see somebody post and I'm like, oh my God, and I get really excited about it. And then I realize it's an April Fool's joke. I didn't see anything this year, but to be fair, I wasn't on the internet a whole lot today. So, you mm -hmm. know, that could have just been happenstance. Um, one of the best ones I saw, though, was the new Shazam trailer that was posted today. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and the director's... Uh, Twitter, he posted a, a a brief look forward to what's coming from the Shazam movie. So, you know, check that out. Get you all excited about the movie. Um, definitely funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then the 501st Legion. That one was great. That one was hilarious. You know, that one seems... So some of these, which it should be, it should make you think that it's real. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the ones that are like, there's no fucking way that's... Real. But then again, though, people fall for those yeah, too. Yeah, they do. So the 501st... Yeah, so who, if you don't know what the 501st Legion is, it's a Star Wars group, and they do a lot of cosplay, and they have very strict guidelines for their costuming. Like, you, if you're going to be part of it, you have to follow their rules to a T. So they came out today with their costuming standards for topless Kylo Ren. <laughs> so if you want to be topless Kylo Ren, the requirements include shredded arms and a chest match that costumers wait and shredded arms and a chest match. This does sense does not make sense. Requirements include that shredded arms and chest match the costumer's natural skin tone. There it goes. There's the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and a higher certification level if the shredding is natural. So, you know, if you just have some awesome guns and they're not padded. I liked uh, what Roku came up with, the Roku socks. Yes, they're happy streaming socks. I mean, that would be great. I love the reason behind it, too, with eating Cheetos yes. and getting the, the orange Cheeto dust on your fingers. Uh what I mainly loved was the finding, finding because I'm like, hey, yeah, those socks are going to get fucking lost yes. somewhere, but oh, you can find them yes. again. I enjoy, 
Like, the thing that sold me on these and wanted them to be real, besides the fact that you could change channels with your feet, um, is the, the heating element of them, because my feet are always fucking freezing. Always. Ice cubes. So, you know, heated socks sound amazing. But that I thought... See, those are the best April Fool's pranks because I want these to exist, and now I'm mad that they don't. I don't even own a Roku, but I would probably buy one if these socks actually existed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the... uh, All right, some places they do actual, like, fun things. Uh, What was it that uh, um, ThinkGeek... they were selling the Klingon alphabet yeah, like you, magnets. So you, yeah, like the kind of... You can get the letter alphabet magnets for your fridge. Well, now they have the Klingon ones. The thing is, though, they always have something that seems like it. It awesome. I want to get it. But then it, it is the April Fool's Day right. prank. Like, we can't sell that. Um, this one, it seems like it is real, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So uh, I'll have to find out tomorrow if I can order Klingon right. alphabet. Well, so... Some of the products that they have done as April Fool's jokes have become real ones because I think the Tauntaun sleeping bag was an April Fool's joke, and now it's totally a legit product. I do think that they see that there's a lot of people that take, uh, or see how much, like, interest is it, and they're like, holy shit, that's something we should sell here. Um, I also, uh, if you go to Google Maps um, on your computer, I'm not sure on cell phones, there's Waldo on the screen, and you can click him, and you can start a game of Where's Waldo. And it's just kind of like the old school, um, regular Where's Waldo picture that will come up. But it's um, kind of the same fun thing, but it's kind of a game yeah. in and of itself. So they've done that before with, like, they had Mario on oh, March mm-hmm. 10th, because M-A-R-1-0 yeah. right. is Mario. And where your car looked like that. And they've done many other ones. Pokemon at one point, too. So uh, that's a fun one. And really, though, I haven't really looked up a lot. Because then again, like I said, it's it's a Sunday. It's my day of rest, usually. And <laughs> Well, and it's, you know, again, the best ones. Like, we're going searching for these and we're reading them. And like, well, yeah, that would be kind of funny. The best ones are the ones that you happen upon and you fall for. Mm-hmm. And because we didn't fall for any of these and we searched them out, then none of them seem as great as the ones that you legitimately actually fall for. I can't remember the one that was last year, but it had something to do with the X-Men. And I got super pumped for approximately five minutes until I realized what day it was. Those are the best ones. Mm-hmm. But I always go like looking these up, even from years past, to kind of come up with ideas for myself. Now, I don't own giant tech savvy things to make a video of something but i do wish uh i had a little bit more money to to make my pranks to the next yeah. level dude with the amount of things you want to spend money on you have you're gonna have to be a billionaire <laughs> i feel like you would be the next willy wonka if you had enough money uh, true <laughs> um I, I will say though i am looking forward to the new ferris bueller reboot that mm. they're making Yes, the Edgar Wright, Tom Holland. Is that who yep. it was? Uh, yeah. Edgar Wright could do a good Ferris Bueller movie. Yes, and I could see Tom Holland. <laughs> as as the Matthew Broderick <laughs> yeah. character. I mean, now this isn't one of those, but it's again, it's one of those things that surfaced that many people thought was true. Yeah. Here's one, and it, it was announced earlier in the week, so we're just going to kind of talk about it now because of this. Uh, 
Do you know what's most excellent? Oh, Bill and Ted's yes. adventure. Um, <laughs> they are, uh, and it's, so the thing is this though, it's been rumored for a while slash, I mean, when I talked to Alex Winter a long time ago, he said he wanted to do this. Kiana wants to do this. The thing is, it just comes down to finding a place that wants to finance it to right. do it. I think they both have enough clout now that they could you really... You think so. Especially Keanu. Alex Winters, I don't know. Yeah, he probably doesn't. <laughs> well, he became a pretty good writer and has a, a long um, credits of working with other movies, um, writing and, and directing, I believe. Mm. So he, he still has some pull within right. the business. Um, they've talked about you know the main cast wanting to come back. Uh, the biggest thing is how they're going to... There's no George take, Carlin. Though. Yes. How what, how Rufus would be involved. Right. And from what has... Because these are all still rumors. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a leak or a script leaked. But what they're saying is that in this version, what will happen is older Bill and Ted honestly didn't make that song. But we already know at the end of Bill and Ted's bogus journey that they... they created the world how it how it would be but if you're looking at timelines that's the new timeline and maybe this is them going into the future learning that so that it would segue back to number two Mm. so this would almost be it would be afterwards kind of even in the future but it was a future where they had to learn the song and come back as their older selves with the kids Mm. um because time travel right and i can kind of picture it in my mind just yeah how much i watch time travel movies <laughs> that i can see it looping back on of itself to two which two two yes <laughs> but that is something that is in fact real um i guess we'll get to some more news later yeah. let's get to some books yeah i would like to start off with dark knight's metal Number six. Oh, try to be very... Don't be super spoilery. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. I don't know why you didn't read this one first, knowing that it came out. Hey, I have been moving. (laughs) (laughs) That is no... So I haven't even read five yet. Why would I read six? Yes. Damn. I know. Well, there is a lot of spoilery things. All right. So try to be as ambiguous as possible. Good guys won. (laughs) Damn it! What? No way! Uh, they won in one of the um, the. All right, within this series, we've seen all the bats and the war between the bats and the birds. I don't feel, and this was like uh, you know, fifty-ish, you know, pages of comic. Mm-hmm. It was it was a, a longer one, and. It still didn't feel like it was enough. Um, I feel that they could have explored this event a lot longer. Um, and really the revelations at the end are the crazy part of it, which I, I don't even know, so I can even mention them. But they're also speculation for future books. Mm. Um, I will say, though, at one point, uh, the do you know the detective chimp? Yes. Remember when he was with Dr. Fate... Um, and they were in, uh, what is it called? The, the hall of heroes or whatever. And then he was trying to go and find more heroes. Well, he found some more, uh, Batman and he said, welcome. And one of the things that he says is greetings from the 53rd earth and then explicit, uh, Mark. 
I'm like, there's always 52, so where's the 53rd, right. you know, Earth? That had me puzzled. But what I loved most about it was jumping out was some of these Batman. Like, one was a, uh, looked kind of like a vampire bat. Um, one just looked like an old school Batman. But what they had was the Russian Batman from Red Sun, ah. Superman Red Sun. And so I was like, oh, they went to some Elseworlds where these, where I don't truly know some of these other Batman from those, but that's what I was getting at, uh, getting from it. Um, yeah, we also have Plastic Man, uh, wreaking his havoc and what he can do. And that guy is... That's a is, great page. He is OP below, like, beyond anything. Yeah. Like... Which you never think about him because his character is so fucking ridiculous. I know, and that's why I didn't get to read the Terrifics two yet, but they are still exploring the uh, um, the Galactus type uh, creature. There, it is a hundred percent Fantastic Four. Yeah, and oh, yes, so like, and these pages are beautiful. Um, oh yeah, all the art in this fucking has Greg been Capullo, great, man. Um, but there is a, 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 a point where, okay, I, I've said this before, I know a lot more of the Marvel forces and everything, and metal has kind of always been a thing in DC, but it seems like it's always been more of a, the Thangorians type, uh, right. yeah. thing to them. The, the nth metal or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I like that there was this part where it says that the eighth metal is the stuff of gods, and the ninth metal... Uses dark energy to give its carry, carrier uh, power that defy physics. But the tenth, um, also called Element X, is the metal of so-called Forge itself. The metal of pure possibility. That was really cool because within it you can, you know, form almost anything. And of course they took on some battle armor which uh, helped the heroes, uh, pretty much the Justice League all become it, it remind me a little bit of uh darkest night and then um brightest day mm. when there was so much darkness which is in here and kind of death and destruction and then when pretty much everyone kind of became uh the white power ranger for a little bit and they all had right. like they were glowing like in white uh pretty much armor and suits it reminded me of that which the visual is stunning but it, it also is like, I feel like this has happened before. But no matter, it then got good to where Batman kind of lost his power. And we we see... Wait, before that, he does get on the flying Joker dragon. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, what the fuck is that? That was there it is, yeah. It was great. And then there was a, there was a lot of good dialogue throughout this. But one of them was Damien goes... See Nightwing, father always returns. And Nightwing goes, "Yeah, riding a Joker dragon and glowing, because of course he is." <laughs> it's like they know that, yeah, this shit happens, right? Uh, randomly enough. Now, one of the things that I they introduced in this, and I don't know if he's ever been before, but the over monitor. I think they talked about him in issue five at the end of that which made me want to go research him a little bit more because the monitors and the anti-monitor and right. all these things, how they keep 
their worlds together. You you read Multiversity, right? Some of it. Yeah. yeah. They kind of explained a little bit of how their their world looks like uh, hourglass ish, and mm-hmm. that's where they have like all of the the Earths and the universes are in this in c- their shell. world. Yeah, and there's nothing outside. Um, and pretty much the oratory and how the um. The source wall kind of surrounds all of the universe. Um, I always like that, but then the monitors can somehow go beyond and they don't know what's beyond. But one of the greatest things was Batman fighting the Batman who laughs, Mm -hmm. who is kind of one of the heads besides Barbados, which that battle is going on. And I don't even want to get into how that battle uh, resolved itself. It was particularly when you learn that the Joker is here with Batman. Yeah. Because like of... classic Joker. Because of one line. Because um, the Batman go always goes, you know, I Batman always wins, and the bat, the Batman who laughs, mm-hmm. I'm just going to call him Evil Batman, uh, you know, he, he shot good Batman with the gun that killed his parents. Oh, I'm like, damn. And I yeah. was like, this is going to kind of go dark, and I don't know where it's going, and then you see the Joker show up, and he's and he starts telling him that yes, the thing is this: you are Batman as well, because he was a former Bruce uh, right. that turned into Joker. But that um, Batman always prepares for things that Batman thinks up. And what's the one thing that Batman probably would never imagine to do? Fighting with the Joker, right? So he doesn't know how to prevent that. And I go, damn, that's some chaos getting thrown in yeah. there. And I loved it. Um, <laughs> I like how the, he shot him, and he shot him with the bang thing that comes well, out yeah, of Well, yeah, it almost gun. was like a dart yeah. that went through him. Yeah. And then said bang. And that was a cool reveal of what he meant when he was yeah. saying pull the trigger. It was it was really well done. Um, he even had some nth metal, it seemed, to or the batarangs. Of, yeah. Or the 10th metal, sorry. Uh, all these medals. I know. Um, I will say this. So, I won't even get into how this, some of these battles go. It's kind of the epilogue that really uh, explains or doesn't explain a lot of what's going to happen. Um, because Bruce, they had these visions when they were taking down Barbados. And when... Okay. They kind of resolved it like a spirit bomb from Dragon Ball. That's all I'm going to kind of say. Mm. Um, there was oh. a lot of good dialogue. Is this, is this what they're doing when they're standing in a circle here, singing Kumbaya, <laughs> yeah. basically? And I love that they have in here, just like how this whole, uh, the Dark Knights thing with the Forge and the casting started was with Carter Hall's journal. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, I'm a detective, but so is all of humanity. We always are questioning, we're always looking. And I thought that was really cool. But... Bruce is going on that, that that the source wall is now broken, and they show a hand coming through it. I'm not sure what that hand is. Um, I mean, it turns into uh, Alfred later on inviting everyone into the after party. Right. Um, but Bruce is telling his Justice League friends, you know, there's a lot more shit coming coming down the pipeline, and. Aquaman, man, he has to make fish puns and everything galore. He's like, so what you're saying is like our universe 
is just like a tiny fishbowl that just got poured into the damn ocean. <laughs> I'm like, really? You had to say that? Um, but they are taking uh, some old threads um, from the past, such as the Dark Stars, which were introduced in like one of the earlier Green Lantern mm -hmm. uh, books as kind of a bad guy-ish, but it was a, kind of not used a lot. Um, we have... Uh, the Omega, uh, the Mega Men. Um, we have the Panth the Dark Pantheon. Um, you know, we have Atlantis rising because, as he says, these are just words. You know, Aquaman, Atlantis, risen, like uh, you know, the the lanterns, dark stars. So it's kind of setting up um, like Wonder Woman, Dark Pantheon, setting up some storylines for some of these. Uh, people that are coming we already know that there's um going to be a war with the flashes coming up so you have those visions as well um but what you also have which i loved because remember uh, dream was part of this as yeah, well yeah yeah yeah. the very you like saw him in the first one and then you didn't see him after he that he showed right? up one other time um because he saved batman and and um superman at one point mm. but uh you know, the dreaming, uh, you know, they have where, you know, in the library, because it was burning and everything, part of it, and there's there's a, a book missing, and also dream is missing. So we know that we are having um, the Sandman universe coming out. Right. And I feel like part of the shattering of the source wall of saying that they are a small, you know, a small fishbowl in an ocean or whatever. Right. Uh I feel like this is being able to set up to have a lot more stories, to not be limited to the 52. I also see it being where they're explaining a bit, because as we've said uh, before, Doomsday Clock is set in the future time of this. Mm -hmm. um, they also explain there's going to be new heroes coming out. We've already seen that with right. some of the other uh, books that have right. come out of this. Plus, this they're doing the, the alternate version stories now, too. <laughs> yes. Right. And that's where I feel that they've now, in comic book mythology, I mean, they could have just did it anyways, but now they've kind of said, we're not going to be holding just to these 52 Earths. Now we can do some other fun things, kind of like how Marvel always has. Right. But speaking of Marvel, does this mean that we can have Marvel crossover? Like, is this getting to where they need to prepare and when they're saying they have a they want to prepare and Bruce says I have a plan and you see the the yeah. the just the Hall of Justice um construction blueprints obviously they're preparing for more things to come right they're bringing it, back the Hall of Justice but i just love when they say their universe is you know there's almost like there's more universes out there i hope i still hope that we're going to have a crossover event now that bendis is over there yeah um we already see the watchman one now obviously it's a property and i didn't get to read doomsday clock uh this week but i'm glad it's out again i just wish it wouldn't be so slow coming out right we do have to remember this uh dark nights came out uh, i think back november uh when the first the forging and the casting came out mm. so it has been a a, a longer process, you know, yeah, about six that, months. That makes sense because we're on six, so they've been doing one, it one a month. And they had some tie-ins, but it yeah. didn't feel. Reading it, it felt like a huge major event. Everything obviously went back to the status quo, right? However, 
it felt like they weren't pushing it as much as an event, and I love that. <laughs> what happens at a bat party stays at I a bat party? I love that. It's just a little from the from Tay and Dave. I don't, I don't know who that is. Oh, Must that's be the uh, one of the editors. Yeah. yeah. What well, I love at that Batman party. I love that the band party. is um, John Kent and Damien oh, yeah. and Alfred. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even notice that Alfred on drums. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, that, that I mean, it, that was a fun scene. Everything felt, yeah. <laughs> There's just, Craig Capullo put so many cute little touches. Cute. I say cute because that's, I think things are cute, but like... The Swamp Thing. Is that Swamp Thing, right? Yeah. He's got a little bow tie just attached <laughs> to his body. <laughs> it's pretty great. So, yeah. Um, <sighs> really good. I didn't... I I, there really, there's a lot more in there that I didn't even touch. Yeah. Um, I kind of hit some of the main points, but... Oh, definitely, if you didn't read it, it's worth uh, the read. Um, I Like I said, and I... Try to not give too much Thank away. Thank you, because I haven't read it yet, and uh, our listeners probably don't want you to spoil it for me either. Yeah. So, um, okay, so this week I read Breathless from Black Mass Studios. <laughs> uh, this was actually written by Pat Shand, whom um, recently put out another book that I fucking loved called Destiny New York. And the volume two of it is coming out very soon that I did the Kickstarter for. And I'm very excited because he is an amazing writer. Uh, he used to do a lot for... What is that publishing company that you really like? The one that does all like the the Beauty and the Beast and... and Xenoscope? Yes. He used to do a lot of stuff for Xenoscope. Um, I think he's kind of gone more... Even more indie than that. <laughs> Even further indie. Um, the art on this is by Renzo Rodriguez. So the this book opens up with a woman going to get her inhaler because she has asthma. And anyone who has a chronic disease that they need to manage will totally relate to this because she goes to get it and the the pharmacist looks at the computer screen and like sits there for a minute and then looks back at her and she's like, do you realize how much the copay is on this? Because it's inhaler, something she needs, the character needs to breathe, to live every day. And she has to pay a shit ton of money just so that she can, you know, live like a person. This is like a biography. That is like a real world. Well, and that's what, so Pat, at the end of the book, he has asthma and he talks about how ridiculous he thinks it is that you have to pay that much just to manage your life like a normal person. And you know, you have to regulate stuff in your life that you mm -hmm. have to pay for and it can be very pricey or, you know, it's either that or die. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, those are your two options. So, and, and that's, that's kind of where it starts. It's just that one, one two-page thing of her going to the pharmacy. But it sets it up because the important part of this book has to do with her asthma. So, um, this woman, the main character, and I can't fucking remember her name for the life of me because I'm a terrible comic book reviewer, um... And I feel like they don't hardly ever mention it. Like, I hear everybody... She says everybody else's names, but because she's the focus of this book, nobody ever really says her name. 
Um, she works for, she's a doctor. But the organization that she works for is very uh, sci-fi-ish. So they deal with cryptids. And I don't, I'm assuming you know what cryptids are. But cryptids, cryptids are like these creep, they're, they're monsters, basically. So like a werewolf would be a cryptid. That's just Okay. A, oh, okay. I get what they're saying. So anything of the almost call them universal monster yeah, probably yeah. sorts. Well, just any sort of non-human, non-traditional beast, right? So the it doesn't necessarily have to be a universal monster type creature, but uh, like Bigfoot would be a cryptid. So they're just they're they're monsters basically, but that's mm-hmm. just like the sciency word for them. So her job is to once these this organization catches these cryptids, her job is to dissect them and figure out their anatomy and stuff like that. Okay, that's her job. Um, and she works with this other woman whose name is Grace Isley. That's her first name, Grace Isley. Okay, <laughs> who is a total pain in the ass, and. Her character is written so well because the minute she walks into a room, it's her talking the entire time. And I don't know if you've ever had one of those coworkers where the minute they come into your presence, they won't shut the fuck up. Uh, yes. And yeah. I don't know anyone that truly has not had that. <laughs> that is her. She is that character. And she's written so well that by the time you get to the end of the first page that she is introduced on, you're like, I am already tired of this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But she's really good at her job. She's just super annoying. But basically the, you, they're, and this is just build character building, right? So they introduce grace and everything and they're, and they're just introducing (coughs) you to those people because they're going to be important to the story later on. So, um, we, we get to the point where our main character <laughs> uh, is having an asthma attack. She's working, and she starts feeling it come on. And she takes out her inhaler, and it has a whole, like, it's punctured. So there's nothing in it. So she has to, like, suffer through her asthma attack, which sucks. And she is in the middle of dissecting when it happens, and she she cuts into this creature's lungs, and a gas comes out, and she inhales Ooh. it. Okay, that's yeah. probably not going to be good. Well, or, or it, it could cures be her asthma. exactly. That's exactly what it does. That is exactly what it does. She sure, goes, that's probably not all that it does. Right, and when we don't know yet because it's the the first issue, so it could definitely do more. But that's basically where, like, you get to the middle of the book, and that's what happens. And then the rest of the book is um, she goes to the doctor, find out that that's what happens. Her coworker Grace Isley decides to tweet about it that she maybe was there when they discovered the cure for asthma so that causes a whole thing because now even though she doesn't think anybody saw it and she almost got fired because of it a pharmaceutical company has seen it so now that's gonna build into that dynamic right because you know big pharma yeah evil people (laughs) they're the evil (laughs) right they're the villains of this story um and it's just, it's weird because it's a total, it's a, a statement about what people who have chronic conditions have to do to live and how awesome it would be if there were cures for these. But it's all built into this story about monsters and hunting monsters and like 
there's a lot of blood in this because there's this whole scene at the end where they come to work and there's just a bunch of dead people because a cryptid has escaped. So in, in the middle of, you know, this statement about big pharma and chronic conditions, you're also getting a monster story. And, and so it's an interesting combination to have because you know that Pat's trying to make a statement and you're not quite sure, like, even though he says he's not trying to say one way or the other how he feels about the pharmaceutical industry, to me, it's very clear. <laughs> Just based on this book. <laughs> but I am very interested in seeing what else happens. There's no way that this was just a cure for asthma, right? There's no way her inhaling this gas from this monster. Oh, it's going to make her look kind of super powered or yeah, something. Yeah, which is kind of what I'm hoping. But he also, Pat also has a way of like, in his other book, In Destiny, New York, it's about magic kids um, who have a destiny to fulfill. And then once they fulfill their destiny, it's kind of over. And he humanizes these kids who have these powers so much that you forget that they're magical. So I'm hoping that he does it in this too, where he doesn't make her souped up to the point where it's ridiculous. Maybe just a little bit, (laughs) but very good book. Again, Black Mass Studios. So no shock there, but I, I mean, you know, check it out. All right. Um, I want to briefly talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issue number 80. Here's a thing why I want to talk about it briefly. It's a series that you need to freaking read. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, and I can't even, within an hour's time, catch up people on the craziness okay. of this book. Um, because it is, it's everything that you may remember from your childhood watching. I mean, because, okay, the the original comic, Darker, a lot of people got more of the the cartoon show. It's a lot light, more lighthearted. Um, this is definitely uh, like the original um, bad people dying. Um, not always, mm. but sometimes in comics you, you you hear them say, oh, it's a robot, or oh, it doesn't have blood, so it must be something else. Okay, granted that did happen in one of the other Ninja Turtles books, <laughs> but they have had um, human beings like die in kind of terrible ways so this is uh i don't know if they don't have the rating system anymore but it's not necessarily for little kids right you can get the animated adventure that's for them this is kind of for adults uh, that love it and it's uh kevin eastman's been on it um ever since this reiteration so um him having full-on knowledge of the creation um his creation yeah yes um so he's kind of like the overall um, person oversees it, but you know there's other writers and and artists that work on the books. But this is part uh, five of the Triceratons um, invasion. I don't know how familiar we're, but there was the way they've set up this world of the Ninja Turtles is they take one off like they were in an episode. Or it was like a toy, because not every toy was in would the, be the yeah. episodes or anything. And they've just created more um, backstory and more with them. And within 
I think it was like two years ago, there was a, and there's so many side stories with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the Batman ones that they pair up with don't really have any uh, bearing on this story. Right. But the Ghostbusters ones do, because IDW owns right. Ghostbusters. So whenever they go to the Ghostbusters New York through interdimensional travel that the Turtles kind of have at their technology, uh, those are fun and interesting. But they also had turtles in time because, well, they've time traveled before. Right. And in it, we saw the Ultrans, which are Krang. Okay. Um, and they were in past uh, um, BC or Earth, and they took some dinosaurs. Those dinosaurs then grew up to be warriors. And they're the Triceratons, and they are kind of like a warrior race. And they were kind of all cloned from each other. And they're badass. And they were um, one of the biggest uh, fighting forces in Dimension X. Okay. Which also was another mini-issue series that was a Ninja Turtles thing. Um, We also have uh, an ongoing right now Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe which also explores some of the other characters in this world. Oh, we also have this evil dark pantheon of evil totem spirits that have been playing with Earth and making pawns of everything. The Rat King was one of them Mm. um, from the old cartoon. He was just a person that kind of could Pied Piper control rats. But he's like a chaos god. And how they've redone all those things. We have Master Splinter now be in charge of the Foot Clan. And his ultimatum to his boys, and this is why I kind of wanted to talk about this, is they are... Um, clan. The Turtles now have split off from their father. They think that their father is kind of going in the wrong direction. However, Splinter thinks that him leading the clan will make them be righteous. Mm-hmm. But they are a Foot Clan. They're not doing evil things, but they're trying to beat up all the the street punks and anything else that's bad. And they see these giant triceratops coming into Earth as upsetting the balance that Master Splinter wants. So the turtles have formed their own clan um, um, and they start fighting against their father. And they they really kick uh, his uh, super ninja's asses, but they're no match for Master Splinter. And that's where it's like, it's freaking gut-wrenching seeing them uh, fight their dad and yeah. get their ass kicked. And him not being upset because he, he understands them, but he thinks his way is the only way. The Turtles think they have another way, but he's like, you guys, don't, you're too young to know it's these things. a total things. parent-child dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also like, I'm partly like, it is a misunderstanding. I mean, these... Triceratops did get uh, shot at first, but they come down as giant freaking beings thinking humans are just going to be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah. When they're like, oh, giant dinosaurs. Monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Those are dinosaurs. Those are things yeah. we have here never, ever. <laughs> so at that point, that's when it kicked off the whole, their invasion was them then being like, well, fuck it then. We're going to take over the, you know, mightiest uh, rules of the world. Right. And. So it is the misunderstanding, but even that, Master Splinter goes, no, it's not going to end well. We know how humans are. Yeah. And then we know how these people are going to be. 
we need to kill their leader now and tell them to get the hell out of here. And it is so, like I said, uh, watching the turtles fight their dad, and also when he fought by himself, um, what the one of the leaders of the Triceratons, and ultimately that guy was bragging about I'm stronger, I'm you know faster, mm-hmm. and he goes, well, we've learned in the Foot Clan out over the years that subtlety wins best. We've learned that we have fought bigger and stronger creatures. So we need to incapacitate him. So he kind of blew some dust in the thing's face and pretty much paralyzed him with this magic, mystical ninja dust. Um, And even then, that's kind of, like I said, when the the turtles really start saying, I'm going to go after you, Father. You can't do this. They ultimately save the day with something that Donatello was trying to uh, make happen. And they resolve the issue. And even then, Master Splinter's like, proud of his kids of course but now there's a huge rift and there's always been a rift uh going since splinter has taken over the foot clan this book is just so freaking good um i cannot explain the art is amazing as always and they've had a couple different artists within here oh it's multiple artists well they for a long time uh and i forget his name they had one this one was uh bram uh revel um, they just had a, a, one of their main artists had to, uh, leave the book. They didn't quite explain why. I usually read the, um, the notes section, mm-hmm. um, at the end, or letters and stuff, and they kind of made mention to that in one of them that, uh, that their main artist, uh, couldn't, couldn't be on the book anymore. Yeah. Um, God, there's so much. I wish people could go go pick up these trades. I mean, there's 80 issues that you kind of need to read them all. You could almost, I would say you could even go back half from 50 um, because that's when some key things changed and you'll kind of miss some of the pre-story. But a lot of the pre-stuff was kind of meeting Casey, meeting April. Some things that you didn't really need to know. Right. Um, You do get some more of the mystical... uh, pantheon that i was talking about um but there's some other issues that happened recently that really explains the eight immortal gods and why they're messing Hmm. with earth beings and how mutants are now earth beans did you say earth beans beans oh (laughs) yes earth beans the magical magical fruit yes (laughs) so yeah uh definitely love that um Something that saddens me out in the comic book realm. But I think it might be uh, for the better. It just makes it... Uh, Hulu passed on the Lock and Key series. What? Um, there's, <laughs> they've been shipping around the pilot. Yeah. And have you read that book? Or? No, but I know it's amazing. Yeah, I read it all and discussed it one point. It is, without a doubt, needs to be made yeah. live. And they also should not do some fuckery and mess around too much from the core book. Right. I want to see how it happened. Uh, there could be some death changed, but some of the keys, what they did, how unique this world was. Um, they're now trying to shop it around to, like, Amazon or Netflix. I feel it'd be right at home on Netflix. Yeah, for sure. I feel like Netflix has more money. I mean, Amazon has some money. Well, 
Okay, I guess Amazon has Amazon's the real got money. The Amazon money. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> feel that they've put a lot of it into their programs yet, but they're they've been getting there. They have, and they have that that one. I don't think you have watched it yet. It's called Electric Dreams, which is a series that's a lot like. Um, well, it's based off Philip K. Dick's. Yeah, uh, yeah, thing, his it's like short black, stories. It's like yeah. Black Mirror. Yeah, very good and very highly produced. Did you hear that? Uh, both Amazon and Netflix have been banned from their made-for-movies from winning any awards. What? Yeah. Like, somehow, even if they... Uh, because to be official award nominee... You have to have shown in a theater. In a theater. But a lot of these get around by showing them every now and then mm-hmm. in a theater. They make some good yeah. movies. Yeah. They make some very good movies. That it's just, you know, it's on their, their um, program. I think it's the Hollywood uh, snobs that yeah. are like, we're not getting our cut. Yeah. So screw these newcomers. Um, but I find that is very uh, shitty. It is. For lack of a better word. It is shitty. They should definitely do Lock and Key. Um, another, oh, I, I don't doubt that it's going to, I want to watch the pilot. Yeah, they already have one. Well, can he did so? Did you ever watch Tales from the Dark Side? Uh, no. It was very much like a Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, sort of <laughs> thing, and they were going to reboot it, and Joe Hill was going to write. Actually, he wrote a bunch of shit for it because they were going to do it on Fox or FX or something, mm-hmm. and then they decided not to do it. So then he put out some of the stories as comic books, and they were fucking awesome. So if it's and obviously Lock and Key is amazing too. So. You know, I mean, he's Stephen King's son. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. Come on. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> well, and I've also been seeing there's more Stephen King movies being remade, so it's like... Yeah, let his son have a turn. Yeah, make something original. <laughs> <laughs> um, Something that uh, sounds like an April Fool's Day because of the date... Um, but Meltdown Comics has officially closed today, April 1st. Yes. Um, they, it's a California they, icon. Yes. They've been in Los Angeles for 25 years. Um, they also have their back-end uh, comedy room. And um, not much has been known of why. Um, it's just that, the you know, it happens to a lot of mm-hmm. uh, comic book shops. Some can't uh, stay above water. Now, obviously, they are big, so, you know, why? Right. Uh, could just be the owners wanting to get out of the business right be. now. And they um, just know they didn't want to give it to anybody else, or nobody else wanted to buy it, or mm-hmm. something like that. So, um, yes, that's uh, some sad news. Yes, it is. Sad for L.A. Um, I will say... Uh, one of the best things, and we're going to post this on to Facebook and and um, Twitter, Rob Liefeld has done it again. <laughs> and, like, I almost feel like this was made for being an April Fool's Day prank, but it was it was made in, in the sense of he, he gets it. Like, I have less hatred for him, Especially because the Deadpool movie came out great, yeah. and he's he has been less of a... I feel like he took himself too seriously for a very long time, yes. and was kind of a dick for... And he's toned himself down yeah. a lot. Uh, 
Yeah. I think he finally realized that, like, you know, if you want to be really successful in the comic book biz, like, long term, you gotta be nice to your fans. Yeah. But he, he posted on his Twitter feed uh, his new character, uh, Don't Mess With The Pouch Man. He's Always Packing. <laughs> it, it is It is beyond perfect. Yeah. It's um, just a dude that's made of pouches. Yep. Yeah. I mean, everything is... It even has a gun that shoots a pouch. Could you imagine? Like, I have on me at at max six pockets. And sometimes I can't figure out what pocket I put my keys in. Could you imagine being a guy made of pouches, trying to find your shit all oh, the time? God. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, it's... I'd it's, fight you. Hold on. Hold, hold on. Nope. Uh, no, it's... Is not, it back there? No, it's not back there. How does Batman know where his shark repellent is at? I mean, I guess that's the one he will always know because he's like, I've never opened this pouch before except for this one time. <laughs> this rusty button. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm glad he doesn't take himself seriously anymore. Uh, something you posted that made me upset, but maybe not because it means they're going to make it better, hopefully. Is there a reshooting half of New Mutants? Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, half. <laughs> like, reshoots more horrible. than, yeah, 50%. Yeah. And they've already, they originally said they were doing a little bit. I think, well, I think partly their problem was their trailer pretty much explained what the movie was going to be about. They weren't in some haunted mansion. It was all in one of their uh, people's minds. Yeah. They'd wake up at the end. No one wants to see that movie. No. I mean... Um, well, no, because we already know what the ending is. Yeah. Before even... See- yeah. But that it tested with test audience... It was supposed to come out this year. Yeah. It was we've supposed to come about, out, like, already. We've talked about it being pushed back. Um, now it's pushed back even further... Mm-hmm. And now we know why scheduling with everyone else to try to get in there. But that's a lot of shots. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean a crappy movie. I mean, Deadpool 2 had to do reshoots. Part of that, though, was because Test Audience wanted to have more. More cable. And Domino. Yeah. Which I'm happy about. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I always wonder, too, what the first. I want to see how the versions they first Test Audience. Because I'm sure the new one will be better because there's a reason yeah. for adding more scenes and cutting some things up. And it's always weird how they can do that, too. Like, you have to redo a set that had something else or put something right. in a script that's like, they make it work. At least the good movies make it work because right. then that makes it a good movie. Yeah, some of them just CGI out mustaches. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Which I saw the trailer for that movie, the Mission Impossible movie that has him in it with the mustache. And I'm like, I don't even know if the mustache is necessary for his character in this movie. I saw uh, a funny uh, Henry Cavill thing about the mustache, about having to shave. And and it was just a, it was him just having fun on Instagram, him in front of a mirror and going like, yes, it's gone. And, so, and <laughs> I need to find that and show it to you later. Um, so something that I'm kind of sad that we aren't getting, I mean, I've had one, uh, Krispy Kreme is introducing the Simpsons mm. donut for a limited time. In Australia. Yeah. 
fucking Aussies. Like, is it a is it a rights issue here? Is that why we're not getting it in America? Well, because okay, where I've gotten them and I know where they make them is Universal Studios at uh, Springfield Land, um, okay. the Simpsons area. You can buy them there, and you can actually buy them at a lot of the kiosks at the park because um, sure. it's Simpsons inspired. I wouldn't see why not, because they're going to be selling them in Australia at 7-Elevens. Right. Oh, which... is it just that we don't have any 7-Elevens left? Yeah. <laughs> we may not have any in this state, but there are still plenty oh, okay. of 7-Elevens. Um, maybe they're just testing it there, because I really don't know why. Right. Um, but I, it'd be kind of cool, because I loved it when the Simpsons movie came out, and they had those select... Uh, 7-Elevens turned into Quickie Marts. I mean, I have a room full of, like, the memorabilia mm-hmm. from it. I have the Crustios and everything and Buzz Cola and I even have a Duff beer. Oh, nice. Um, what else is... Oh, uh, oh yeah. Cray-cray. <laughs> We're doing... Yeah. I don't really no, want to speak it's, of it. It's, it was just, terrible, but... It was Cray-Cray. Cray. If... You know, just Google Cray Cray and see what comes Jessica up. Just Jones. Yeah. Just see if uh, there's yeah. a full music video and if yeah. it makes it any better or worse. You'll know what scene we're talking worse. about. Um, it's official. Your comic book is coming back. Officially. Uh, yeah, I know. The Terrifics. We already have it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Fantastic Four. Officially. Is coming back. We knew it was rumored, but now we know that it's definitely coming out. Yes. Um, I'm so happy. Uh, however, I want it to be done right. And they're going to have to explain, and this is going to be probably part of... Uh, this is obviously what the Marvel 2-in-1 has been reaching for. However, I, I need them to somehow depower... Reed Richards, mm-hmm. him having the power to make universes, you can't really do that. Yeah, he'll probably like give it up in some sort of epic gesture that makes him the good guy again. You know, he's got to be he's got to be that good guy that nobody ever really thinks about. <laughs> well, I mean, besides the new series that's gonna come out uh, later this year, they're they're putting out some Fantastic Four omnibuses. To get readers caught up on all the past deeds that they've done. Yeah. Um, all, we, all 105 years of Fantastic Four. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Um, Sci-Fi Network um, is going to have another Sharknado movie. Great. But it's going to be the last. Yeah? It's definitely Jump the Shark, <laughs> and no pun intended, honestly. Is that what it's called? No, oh. but it, it's going to end with time traveling in the oh, finale. Oh, Jesus. So. Are they going to go back and try and take back Tara Reed's career? I, <laughs> <laughs> Such a bitch. Um, <laughs> this is the sixth in the series. The first one was one of those knockoff. Uh, it was a sci-fi movie. It was. Stu- well, one it was of those a stupid. Stupid ass sci-fi movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like some of these movies get made on a low ass budget. They're terrible. But they know that people will eat them yes. up. Can't I do feel that this one has gone a little too much or too far. You think? People are still fucking watching Ow, it. Oh, it's so weird. But I think they're, they've seen the decline, and that's why they're like, okay, let's end this on a bang. And what if they are the ones that sent the original Sharknado? 
<laughs> Although it, it started with a literally hurricane tornado. Yeah. They it. should get super meta with it and have Tara Reed and was it Ian Ziering? Yeah. Um, sitting somewhere trying to figure out how to restart their careers. <laughs> And them sending a Sharknado back to the the time when that movie was made. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me watch that movie. Have you wa- Have you watched them, all of them? I've only seen the first one, yeah. to be honest. And that was enough for me to, yeah. to whet my appetite. I really didn't feel like... There needed to be any more Sharknados nope. ever? No. Nope. Yeah. It's weird. Um, I do want to have more of uh, Doctor Strange... You want some more strange? Yeah, I always love strange. <laughs> as long as it's good strange. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so we finally, well, we knew there was going to be a sequel, mm-hmm. obviously. But there had, I mean, they haven't mentioned it and having right. their next phases and everything coming out when this would come about, if we're going to have a cummerbund in it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are, and... We're going to have Baron, Baron Mordo um, have his arc and kind of be the the villain. Well, this is going to be a two-villain movie because we're oh, going to get... Cause, well, because it's Marvel. Yes. So they're going to explore Baron, Baron Mordo more, increase his villainous side because he wasn't a villain until the end of the first movie. Um, but they're also going to be introducing Nightmare into the Doctor Strange universe who, you know, is Nightmare is a character that lives in, like, what, the dream world or something like that. I mean, his name tells you what the fuck he does. I don't (laughs) know how else to explain it to you. (laughs) It's almost like Barbados from Batman. (laughs) What else are we going to pull from the DC comic books? Yeah, it's, it's very similar. So, I mean, but I didn't think that they were going to be able to pull off Dormammu in a movie, so... True. The fact that they're going more, like, he's his movies can definitely get way more magical, and I think that Well, more cool. weird, uh, yeah. out of the realm of reality, because yeah. Nightmare is in a, a different type of dimension. Right. Um, I really want to see uh, Mephisto, though, show up within, yeah. and maybe that would be the next phase four or five, uh, big baddie mm-hmm. if they needed one because he has a lot of, but you'd also introduce a lot of different characters that he has interacted with right um because he you know there's not a lot of too many showings of captain and and mephisto which also then kind of you don't need captain because he's gonna die anyways right so. right we're gonna lose him we, we they already have his replacement it doesn't matter yep uh Let's. We forgot to start off this week with another Black Panther box office watch. <laughs> Crossed six hundred and fifty million at the box office. Yeah. I know that it's it no it got dethroned last weekend by uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah. And for the weekend, to be clear, it got dethroned from number one for that weekend. Yes. Pacific Rim is never going to make as much money as Black Panther did. Oh no no. <laughs> Never. Definitely not. And Never. I mean, and Black Panther is still pulling in uh, a lot of money just on our side alone, domestically. Um, obviously, those sales start slowing down once yeah. half the world has already seen right. the movie, but uh, and a lot more overseas. Yeah. Did it, has it, 
So last week it was fifth top, fifth highest grossing comic book movie of all time, not counting for inflation. I don't know if it has surpassed anything else since then. It hasn't uh, surpassed. I mean, it's still the fifth um, ever to hit the $650 million mark. So um, it's, it's expected to be there uh, for a long time. Yeah. Um, Jurassic World is sitting at fourth. Well, actually, no, because oh, Jurassic World is sitting at six hundred fifty-two. Uh, so it's gonna probably take over fourth then. Yeah. Um, Titanic is third with six hundred fifty-nine million. Um, it should have no issue taking over that. I yeah. think the only other two uh, above that is. Oh, it's Avatar with seven hundred and sixty yeah, million. No one's nothing. But that one was in the theaters for forever. Time. Like a year. I yeah. feel like it was in there. But so was Titanic. I feel like Titanic was in the theater for like three years. True. Well, yeah, it was, <laughs> and then, then they even counted some of the re-releases. Yeah. I mean, you know what was its number yeah. one, right? Uh, I thought it was Avatar. No. Is it Star Wars? Yeah. yeah. Force Awakens. Yeah. With uh, nine hundred and thirty-six million. Yeah. Um. Now the. Some of those numbers can be changed when you look at world, where they rank. This is just domestic. But that is a hefty force there with <laughs> 900. And I'm not even trying to make fun. But that movie, 30 years waiting on that movie. Yeah. I mean, maybe the new Avatars, there's going to have so many people foaming at the mouth to yeah. see that world. No, no, no not the, really. And, and Avatar not... was beautiful and for what it was. It was Fern Gully. I know we said that. <laughs> But the was, cinematography yes, side, the 3D side that they did with it, it was really good. And that's part of why, I mean, Titanic. Uh, I mean, I was <laughs> I was the perfect age for that movie when it came out because I was um, in high school. So I was a high school, I was a teenage girl when that movie came out. I was the demographic for that fucking movie. I saw that movie 10 times in the movie theater. It's the only movie I've ever seen that many times in the movie theater. Here's the thing. Do you think that would... Infinity War could get up there first? Oh, yeah. I, I We've uh... been waiting for this movie since well, Iron Man. Yeah. I mean, that's been 10 years, yeah. but it's a huge universe they've made. Right. But that still goes to the Star Wars waiting that long, too. Are there more Star Wars fans than Marvel movies? No. I don't think so. I don't think there is. Star Wars is universally loved. Star Wars, hardcore Star Wars fans, smaller in numbers, I think, than Marvel fans. Because Marvel has done the brilliant job of reaching out to different fucking groups of people who are disenfranchised from most comic book and sci-fi movies. And they've pulled them in. Look at Black Panther. Look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Those movies are bringing in fans that you would have never expected to be part of this fandom. And they're solidly in it now for Mm -hmm. the rest of their lives. So it's awesome. And they will definitely, I think. I mean, everyone has to remember, this is part one. This movie is two parts. Infinity War. Yeah. So... I can't wait to see it get to the end of the movie and everybody really be really disappointed about how it ended because they're forgetting <laughs> that there's a whole nother movie after this that's going to come out. <laughs> but um, Mythos Studio 
Never really heard of them. Mm-mm. Uh, just uh, bought fifty percent of Aspen Comics. Okay. And they're going to try to adapt uh, Fathom and Soulfire mm. into series. Could be interesting. Whether it's a movie, whether it's a TV show. Yeah. Um, it's a smaller company, but it's good when you see comic books kind of being brought up in other media, especially smaller ones. Now, many people that enjoy comics understand that Aspen is a name and some of the characters in, that Michael Turner created uh, are beautifully well-drawn. I mm-hmm. mean, they oh yeah, they do a really good job for, like, you know, we say Xenoscope is TNA. I would never say Aspen is TNA. It's just gorgeous. But Xenoscope is gorgeous, too. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely more fantastical. But also more female-driven, mm-hmm. which is great within the comic book world. Um, so, yeah, the plans and, and everything has not been mentioned, but it was uh, recently announced that uh, they are taking a big stake within Aspen. Okay. Which means they can at least be going uh, strong for a while now. Yeah. Um, That's about it that I can think of. Not much else news. I want to report Ready Player One. Good movie. Definitely go see it. Do not worry about reading the book. Because literally nothing like the book. Nothing. Nothing like the book. Still, very good. Was I pissed that it was nothing like the book? Tiny little bit. (laughs) But still really good. So, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Especially if you're a geek. Because that's who this movie is for. It's 100% just Steven Spielberg masturbated to the 80s and it came all over <laughs> a movie screen. So. <laughs> That's a mental image. Uh, I also am going to quick say go see Pacific Rim 2. I enjoyed it because it was giant robots fighting right. monsters. Uh, it did take a little bit longer to get to that point. Which was a little bit of annoying, but when the punches were... this, like It looked like real-life robots. Better than Transformers. Like, these... When they were destroying buildings, it looked like a real building got demolition. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is some good... Good studio bucks right there in the CGI department. Uh, and I'm hoping that there will be another uh, outing in this. It could be a way where they introduce the universal, or not the universal, the Godzilla, King Kong type. Oh, sure. Maybe those are part of it, or they're here on Earth, they've been on Earth. But then again, how have they always been on Earth? Like, it won't really make sense, but we do know that they're building that, like, franchise world. Yes. And it wouldn't be out the norm if maybe they came to the, well, they fought them and then came to the aid when these... Kaiju monsters. Who knows? You're just all over the place with it right now. <laughs> I loved it because the movie was a bit all over the place, but that's why I liked it because it wasn't predictable exactly how I thought it'd be. So also go see that. And for this week's booze in a book, uh, I have to say I'm not I'm not going to be too positive. I'm going to say the art really fucking good. Cyberforce number one. Uh, by created by Mark uh, Silvestri. Uh, this one written by Matt Hawkins and Brian Hill. Um, art by 
Attilo Rojo. And like I said, the art art kicked ass. For me, though, it's always about storytelling. And it kind of fell flat. You know, guy wakes up, is kind of a cyborg pissed off at the secret agency that made him mm, and I'm very like, much a 90s yes type story which is where cyber force was from and they're, they're remaking this uh you know to be a new cyber force cool but the story seems like it's already been done right and even better in some other books so I will pick up issue two to see if it maybe... Hits its stride or something. Yes. Or actually, maybe I'll wait till issue four or something, pick up the trade. I want books to flourish. Yeah. I just feel like this book has already been done. So it kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Kind of like another great drink, which I actually thought it came out in the 90s. No, it came out in 2005. Yeah. Four Loco. (laughs) That's what we're going to pair with this, because on the outside, it... You know, it looks like it could Sounds be good. Sounds like a good idea. Yes. <laughs> but it's not. Once you put it in you, you're going to regret it. <laughs> oh, that's it. Uh, I read a couple, or I'm in between a couple other books. I really am sad that I didn't, for this show, get to review the new Power Rangers book. Because this is part of the Shattered Grid. Right. And they had that whole uh, promo that they did with Jason... What David Frank. Thank you. It's like why he has three names. Tommy Oliver. Yeah, yeah. He did a did he did a whole promo with them where he dressed up as the Green Ranger. No, he was uh, Lord. Uh, yes. Draken. Yes. Thank you. The bad guy. Yes. I'm just like, and even there's so much about that that I've I took some screenshots. I should show you the the one. There's some fucking philosophy within Power Rangers, and there is it's tw- the issue twenty five. It's only two two years old. You can get into it. Right. Get into it. If you're a Power Rangers fan, it's so much better than the movie from last year. And rewatching the shows because, yeah. Yeah, you can't go back on those. So I'll definitely be talking a bit about that in the future coming weeks. Right on. All right. So I'm going to be off next week, but possibly being on... I don't know how it's going to turn out. I am going to be going to the lovely land of Chicago. C2E2 is happening. I am not attending. He was not invited. He was specifically told never to come back. (laughs) Because of the the one incident. The incident. The teacup incident. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) trying to think of something ominous to say. Uh... But I may be going to the show for a day. I know I'm still going to want to go to the after party and hang out with some people at night. So I'm going to try to have next week uh, more of a fun-filled interview uh, show with some creators. Uh, If not, it'll be another pick from Lindsay's favorites. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, stay thirsty to something next week. Hopefully it's good. (laughs) 